Welcome back, Chiefs fans. It's the aftermath from the Chiefs versus Ravens. We're going to get deep into what the coaching staff has to say about where they're going, what they're doing, who stood out that we didn't quite give enough credit to off of a very, very difficult matchup, and who is going to step forward when they play their next game against an AFC West rival. We're going to get into it here. Coming up next on Locked on Chiefs. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. It is the day after, folks. want to let you know that we are relaunching the NFL Draft Show. Yours truly is going to take a chunk of that with Eric Crocker. We're going to talk all kinds of things, not just film and college prospects, but how it relates to the NFL game, how the front offices around the league have to address some things as well. So check that out when we relaunch tonight on Locked On NFL Draft. Today, we have plenty to go over, and we heard from Coach Reed today. A lot of, re I don't want to say retooling it, but a lot of reaffirmation of what he said last night in, I think, kind of a nicer way in that he boiled it back down to fundamental football. Very interesting to me that even the day after, you know, I mean, it's only 12 hours, but uh, even removed, he still boiled it down to the basics of the defensive side of the ball. Not something you usually hear him say. He usually allows Spags to address that, but he reiterated not only tackling correctly, wrapping up, but shedding blocks. It's something that I've been talking about for the last, I don't know, two or three years. And getting hung up on those blocks is something that's going to get you in trouble every time. And he certainly seems to have his, his thumb on that particular aspect of it. Certainly sounds like it, and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, that definitely hurt Kansas City at times last night in the game, or I guess I should say in, in Sunday night's game. Uh, we are recording this Monday afternoon, so that's why I said last night. Uh, you know, you look at this game and – the run defense was obviously the number one story and Kansas City's inability to stop the run. And honestly, that's been something that they haven't, they've struggled with for what, five years now, six years now. Um, I mean, they've never been able to really stop the run. Uh, they stopped it against Derrick Henry in a playoff game once, uh, but that's really the, been the biggest extent of it. Uh, I do think that it's, it's going to be something that they have to emphasize going forward. Um, and they're going to see, you know, teams like Cleveland and Baltimore, and probably Tennessee in the playoffs, so they got to be ready for it. Yeah, they definitely do, and it's it's a tall order, especially when you know that you're tooling up your defense in particular to play the pass, to play the most likely scenario in this league, and have that kind of slanted in, built into your roster, built into the schemes that you run. At the end of the day, you got to be flexible enough to get both things done. And granted, they did take, you know, two of the the probably three most fearsome running game teams in this league. They took them on in weeks one and two. So you can put that aside till what is it, week seven with the Titans. And hopefully in the meantime, they can work on those fundamentals, disengaging from blocks, particularly for the rookie linebacker. He's got to get better at that. And I think that will help him a lot. But not just him. It's for the defensive line as well. There were a lot of guys that just have to get back to fundamental football. Engaging and disengaging is is contact at its core. I think that will help this defensive front all the way around. Definitely will. And, you know, you also have to look at the secondary in that regard as well. Uh, you don't want them having to stop the run, but they do play run support. So they have to be able to hit their holes right uh, and they have to be where they're needed. And, you know, we saw multiple times where Sorensen early on in the game was not in the right place. Uh, he hit 
there's a specific run I can remember that he hit the wrong hole and it went for a big game uh, going the other, you know, through the other hole. And, and, you know, those types of plays are going to happen from time to time, and I get it. But at the same time, when it's just a combination of things, and it wasn't just stopping the run, it was stopping the pass at the right times as well, uh, just kind of all built on each other. Yeah, it absolutely does. And it all comes together to make a team effort. And that's what they have to have. I think they'll be able to get back to it. I, I think we should go. There's a couple of nice pauses that we have to take a look at. We'll do that next. But I want to let you guys know that it's all there. You can have it all. The gridiron and all the teams are back on there. And you can get your money into the action by going to betonline.ag for all your pro and college action that you're trying to get going. Whether it's the updated interface that you like, more odds, more props and contests, everything's there. It's your number one source at betonline.ag. Head over to the website, use your mobile or anything else, and you get a 100% welcome bonus. You do need that code NFL100 for that. That's double your initial deposit. So you put that down, and they give you it right back on top. So football, basketball, all the other sports. Over there at the fastest, easiest way to get all your action on the line. See, I made it happen again. BetOnline.ag. Use our promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So for a game that was very, very frustrating, uh, at least from the defense point of view for me. And obviously, I, I think people, even still today, um, despite the fallout, are, are still putting a lot of blame, I think, on on the two stars in, in Patrick Mahomes and uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yes, the, they culminated in mistakes that cost them drives. And yes, that is why they weren't able to do their normal thing where they come back. But they were able to get some things done. And I want to shout out a couple of the rookies. Because when you take a look at pressure allowed, Creed Humphrey is the top center in his draft class. He's one of the top centers in the league in not allowing. He's given up zero pressure to this point. It's just two games. I know, I know, I know. But I'm trying to find something to to glom onto. (laughs) Now, wait a second. Because I was told that Creed Humphrey allowed that one pressure that caused Mahomes' fumble. Or, sorry, interception. Not according to PFF, and that's what I'm going off of because I, I don't have the L22, so I'm going to go off. Well, I, I remember the play specifically, and Mahomes ran into the pressure, so I have a really hard time believing that that's on Creed, and I said as much on on YouTube already. Somebody asked me that specifically, uh, but my point is is that when you look at those plays and you look at where Mahomes was coming from, there's no way Creed Humphrey has any chance of knowing that Mahomes is going to be running up behind him. He's trying to do be between Mahomes and the defender, and you're not going to win that every single time. So, in my opinion, Mahomes stepped into that stepped into that perilous position and threw the interception. Uh, and he took full credit. He took full sorry. He took full credit for it later uh, when he said that uh, you know I shouldn't have made that throw. I should have just turned to Demarcus Robinson in the flat. Who cares if we don't get a first down? We can kick a field goal, or we can go you know try something else. Yeah. Now, folks, when Game Pass gets back and we have the All-22, I'll be able to tell you some of that stuff specifically. Right now, we're going to have to go off of what the folks who do have access to that tell us. And the other interesting thing is the guy right next to him, Trey Smith, has only given up two pressures to this point in the season. And that's, I feel, even more incredible because he's got guys a little bit more in his face. Oh, zero, is that what you're saying? No, 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 zero sacks. Right, zero sacks. I know know you care about pressures, but zero sacks speaks even more to my – point than anything else because Mahomes is not getting hit. He's getting hit a little bit, but obviously he's not getting pressured because zero and two for those two combined, uh, but zero sacks from those two. Yeah. Uh, that's a huge upgrade from what they've had. Yeah. I mean, you can enjoy that. Now it's, it's a difference between <laughs> not, not allowing 
hits and then leaving the pocket and getting hit. Obviously, he's getting tumbled up a little bit when he leaves the pocket. That's pretty normal for him. But overall, just in terms of uh, having three rookies on this offensive line. Now, Joe Tooney's, I think, right now the number two graded guard in the league. So, obviously, that's a mainstay that you can hold on to. But to have these rookies walk in, get all this playing time, and come out in in pretty good light, uh, I I feel that that's, that's more than maybe we could have hoped for in the beginning of the season. I would absolutely agree with that. And I think also what you saw last night from Brown was encouraging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, he was in where he needed to be at all times. He didn't allow, I don't remember him really allowing much pressure. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm sure you have it there. Yeah, yeah there you go. And yeah, he had a bad game against Cleveland. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Most tackles in the NFL are going to have struggles against Miles Garrett. Absolutely. It's just the reality <laughs> of the situation. So, you know, if you're Kansas City in that aspect, you need to help him and you know you need to help him. And, yes, that may slow you down in the passing game a little bit, but when you're deking and dunking down the field, it probably shouldn't slow you down that much. Yeah. I mean, it went from from five pressures to zero. Yeah. And, and that is the caliber of the, the end that you're playing. And so good for him as well. And I do think that this is still part of that, like, first four, five-week adjustment mm-hmm. period getting into this offense. So Maybe even eight, even to, maybe even to eight games. Yeah, it, it definitely could. At the end of the day, I thought this was, despite obviously coming out on the losing end, losing those turnovers late, I thought the offensive line continued its progression. However incremental against that particular front, I mean, Justin Houston certainly had a couple of things to say out there. Um, <laughs> Owe, I thought, really performed well for a rookie. He was a kid that I didn't think had the ability to walk in the league and, and perform very well because of his his raw talent but unrefined talent. So kudos to him as well. And I think for that offensive line to put up against that front and make progress, I, w- I was very happy to see that upon, you know, reflection. Yeah, and they did exactly what you wanted a offensive line to do. They gave Daryl Williams a lane to make that touchdown very easily. Now, that's a, a place, and, and I know that seems like a small thing, but that's a pretty big victory for this team considering in the years past, they probably wouldn't have got that touchdown that easily. They might have had to run it two or three different times because they just weren't getting the push up front that they're getting from the guys that they have right now. And, you know, like you said just a minute ago, and I'm going to reiterate, I still think it's closer to eight games. And I'd even go maybe as far as saying that 10 games, Mm -hmm. because this line is not played together at all. I mean, yeah, they've had training camp. Yeah. They've had OTAs, but that's not really time. And that's not in fire. That's not in live action for the most part. So Give them the time to gel. Give them the time to come together as a unit. I think you'll see a very good, a very good offensive line. And I think that they're already showing uh, returns. And obviously, Brown going from five pressures to zero pressures in one week. Uh, obviously, the pass rush isn't the same as it was, you know, the week before. But again, you're not going to see Miles Garrett every game. You're going to see Joey Bosa coming up this week, which is going to be a little bit of a concern. But Andy Reid needs to help him as well. Andy Reid needs to know hey, he's going to struggle a little bit with this. I can give him a couple of chips here and there, and that's going to throw the defensive end off kilter just enough to give Mahomes the time. And Mahomes has got to help him too because one of the sacks, and we talked about this against Baltimore, sorry, not against Baltimore, against Cleveland, one of the sacks Mahomes dropped too deep and left both of his tackles out out to dry. Can't well, drop that, that deep. Well, and that's a guy that we haven't spoken about yet. Lucas Nieg made a, a step forward as well. Mm-hmm. And, yes, it, that does happen, with the particularly the depth that Mahomes likes to take. And I, I felt, again, even on, on partial rewatch, I haven't rewatched the entire game yet, but um, the part that I have been able to rewatch, it, it did feel like 
an improvement for Mahomes in not setting up his tackles to fail. Nyang didn't give up a, a, a recorded pressure either. Um, I felt like he probably did once or twice that maybe didn't make the, the cut Tooney? here. Tatuni? Did Tooney give up a pressure? I do not believe so. Let me go double check that while I have it up in front of well, me. Well, I'm just wondering because otherwise you're saying that the entire offensive line, line. allowed two pressures right? the entire night. Nah. I don't care. I don't care what football <laughs> team you're playing. That's impressive. You're absolutely right. That's impressive. And it's something that you don't get to see very often. Um, let me I got this coming up now. I do think that he did give up one. Still three. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I just yeah, one pressure. It was a hurry, so it wasn't even a contact on the quarterback. So that's good. Um, that's exactly what he gave up against Cleveland as well. So uh, Tooney's still running at like a 98.6 per uh, efficiency rate. That's a percentage, folks. So that's out of 100. Uh, that's if, a, that, that's fantastic, right? Three I mean, pressures <laughs> against an NFL team, and you pass the ball as much as Mahomes did. Yeah, and that's that's again a place that we can land. Yes, there were execution problems. The team still put up 28 points on the offensive side of the ball, and that's something that you can take away as a positive note. Um, and I want to shout out, uh, I thought it was good last night. I'm even more impressed now that uh, Byron Pringle was in on just 11 snaps. That's less yeah. than I thought. And for him to put up the numbers that he did, I, I'm really happy for him, but I'm also intrigued because this makes a nice, well-rounded group here that is filling the role that Sammy Watkins left as the wide receiver, too. Yeah, and Marcus Robinson stepped up. I thought that was a fantastic catch on his part. Uh, don't want to take anything away from Prickle. That was a great catch and run on his part as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I said that last night, but I do want to say, you know, we, we harp on Demarcus Robinson a lot, so I do want to make sure I get that thrown out there that, that's a fantastic catch. That was great concentration on his part. Uh, whether or not he knew he was getting his knee down or not, who knows, but he got the knee down, which is the only reason it counted as a touchdown because uh, he did bobble the ball, uh, but he was able to get it brought in, and that's the key. And and there was another play, and this was a tiny one uh, that will probably go overlooked by a lot of people, but he caught a pass three yards short of a first down of the first down line, saw two defenders converging on him, and went straight north and south. That's Didn't a big a improvement for him. Yeah, he, he did give a little shoulder thing, but he went north and south. He didn't try to juke. He didn't try to get right. east and west, and that's the key. Right. He got the first down. That's all that really mattered. And if he does that on a consistent basis, that will make up for a lot of the things that he has done that have frustrated people from time to time. Yeah, it's just it's fixing what you can. It's coaching to correct things that need to be fixed. You can do that in your own life as well over at rockauto.com because you always need something to fix. At least I do, whether it's a taillight or a tailgate or something else in between. Maybe you need a spare cup holder. I don't know. There's everything that you need for your maker model over at rockauto.com. You get 50 to 100% off the same parts if you went to a parts store that only has a limited selection or stock that you have to wait around for. RockAuto.com is a family business, and they've been doing it over 20 years. The prices are reliably low, no matter what kind of mechanic you are, professional or otherwise. So it's worth your time to go fill up your cart and check out what Rock Auto has for you. When you do, make sure you find that box that says, how did you hear about us? And write in Locked On for us. Let them know that we sent you over there. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car's ever going to need over at RockAuto.com. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. 
Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. As they all do. And the package is what the problem seems to be right here. The package of having to defend so much run is what bogged down the Chiefs defense. And obviously, there's some players that that had more trouble than others, in, in particular in shedding and getting off of blocks. It's one thing to, to be able to beat somebody to their block, uh, especially if you're a, a second-level player, uh, one of the linebackers, or, or one of the box safeties. They just try to get to a spot to attack that run. It's another thing if you have to engage and you then have to shed. That's about power, and it's about effort, and it's about aggression. And at that point, it becomes a much different scenario. And I think that's what Coach Reed was getting at earlier today, and it's the thing that stands out to me despite the fact that I think Hitch looks better on movement, he still has trouble disengaging. And so does Nick Bolton. And so does Ben Neiman. Ben's generally, at least in my eyes, he was a little bit late last night to most of the places he was going. And I think that just plays into the the, the point of, by then the, the offensive player has the angle on you and it's even harder to disengage and actually make something of the play. I think the thing that was frustrating to me last night was it seemed to be the guys that are playing – and I'm not trying to knock Neiman or Sorensen with this comment, but it's the reality of the situation. They are seen to be playing for their football IQ and their ability to be in the right place and do their scheduled assignments the right way. Mm-hmm. And those are the guys that seemed to screw up on a lot of plays last night. And that's really what got you frustrated. And really, that's what really hurt the defense is some of those plays just look like they were completely out. And honestly, on the marquee, on the Brown touchdown, the long Brown touchdown, Maybe that's on Sorensen. Uh, it's easy to make an argument it was because he's the safety and there's probably nobody should be behind him. But who knows what the assignments were supposed to be. Maybe it was supposed to be ha- – maybe it's supposed to be cover two and there's supposed to be somebody on the other side of the field uh, and it just looks bad because he's the one, you know, coming down from – you know, trying to chase him down from behind. And as soon as Brown was past him, there was no way Sorensen was ever catching him. So, uh, you know, that's, that is what it is. So – I think you look at those plays and you realize that uh, you still need playmakers. You still need people to have the athletic ability. And I do think it's right for people to question why Juan Thornhill isn't playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know they haven't really addressed that. I think if you see some of the things that Thornhill has tweeted out, it starts to make me wonder if there's something more going on there. And mm-hmm. that's a concern. Um so I really I don't know what to make of it. I I think that you know you hope that they figure it out and you hope that they get Thornhill back on the field because I think his speed changes this defense on the back end completely. Uh, I don't understand why he went from playing so well his rookie year to being what he's looking like right now, or at least looking like he isn't able to function as a player in their defense right now. That does not compute in my brain. Uh, so the coaches are seeing something that we aren't and. It's got to be something that's not on the field because when he's on the field, generally, I, I don't think I've seen him out of place. I think he's probably where he's supposed to be. So, but like I said, it's the guys like Neiman and it's the guys like Sorensen that, you know, they're out there because they know where they're supposed to be and they're usually where they're always supposed to be and they're hitting the right holes and they're doing the right things. 
And yes, they may be a step late because they're slower, but they're at least doing their assignments. And last night they weren't doing their assignments, or at least that's the way it appeared. Well, and I don't think the whole secondary is a, is a whole. Honestly, anybody outside of the front four was communicating effectively against Baltimore. I mean, we yeah. saw it multiple times where there's just too much confusion. One person is is the complexity of the call, right? Or is not the complexity of the call. It, it's a person not understanding the role. When the entire secondary and a number of the linebackers are confused, that's the complexity of the call. So something in the install session for this week got everybody off kilter because there was just too much of whatever that particular call was. And we saw it three or four times where people are asking each other about where they're supposed to line. When they're, If you're a linebacker, you're realigning the, the defensive front in front of you. That's normal. That's an adjustment to what you're seeing. When you're turning around and having to talk to the safeties and find out where everybody's supposed to be, that's a problem. Yep. And so but we did see that. Exactly. And without the all 22, I can't really see what's going on with the safeties when they're deep right. and off the screen. So if we get that or when we get that, folks, we'll let you know. So that's difficult. But I will say this, a couple of standouts that I didn't have enough time to say. Jerry Sneed was really quiet last night, and that's because he was just solid and steady. He didn't get destroyed. He had a couple of nice plays. He had a couple of plays he wished he had back, particularly that that two-point conversion. I can't remember if it counted. I don't think it then. No, it didn't. It didn't count. Yeah, so he was, he was looking over the wrong shoulder or something, just dropping into a shallow zone and, and missed a guy. But kudos to him. Mike Hughes graded out well, yet got replaced for – Fenton at some point we didn't get any clarification about that but I thought and Hughes is the one Hughes is the one that made the play at the goal line where that popped the ball out mm-hmm. and and that's something we haven't talked about is there was dumb luck also that went against Kansas City at times last night and that play is a great example of that yeah they pop the they pop the ball up in the air and it doesn't get in it doesn't get picked off by somebody when there's three defenders right around it and there's only one other offensive person there I mean you know, that was Andrew Luck all over again in the playoffs. Oh, don't say that name out loud. Uh-uh. Not on this show. Uh-uh. <laughs> and the, the, the last guy that I want to point out, the guy on the defensive front that I thought made the most of his snaps was Colin Saunders. Uh, he and Turk Warden basically rotated. Um, let's see. It was Reed that played the most snaps on the defensive front other than Chris Jones at 56. And then Nadi at 35, Saunders at 29, and Wharton at 22. Pretty good rotation there, pretty much the four that we thought. Saunders, I thought, he, he showed some spark a few times to me. He graded out the best of the non-read. Actually, he graded out above read as well. So the best tackle on the night, according to PFF, came out as Colin Saunders as well. So I'm going to take that as a positive. It's something to build on and continue to get better. Yeah, and I the one question I have, and this is a question I had early on in the night, and I didn't bring it up on Twitter because I just wasn't sure what to make of it, and I still don't. Chris Jones playing in Frank Clark's spot when, when Frank Clark's on the field. I, I still don't think Clark's back. I think he is healthy enough to play, but I don't think he's where he wants to be. I don't think his hamstring is where they want it to be because he didn't show it last night. I mean, he made one good play on the running game, uh, but there was no kind of pressure. And you would think in with who he's going up against, there should have been some kind of pressure and he didn't play as many snaps as you would normally expect him to play either. So I think he's still coming back from things. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Hopefully, the, this is a bump in the road, the kick in the I, pants that they need. I have to ask you. We talked about this a little bit last night, and I have to ask again your opinion because can you can you get Chris Jones to adjust in season to play the defensive end role against a running team like he played last night? Because yes. he okay because he looked lost at times in run defense, 
And that and that hurt. I'm not saying it was all his fault. I'm not. Please don't take it that way. But he did look lost at times, and he did look out of place at times. And that's going to hurt your run defense. If he can get that figured out, that's going to help. Yeah. I mean, you can coach him up. Some of the the, the RPO stuff with, uh, with the mark keeping in his hand, that's rules-based. Where you, you got to hone in on that, and you'll be able to accomplish that. The things that you're not going to get is when they have multiple pullers going multiple directions, that's an instinct thing. And if you're not a guy who's used to being the guy on the end that everybody's gunning for when they're pulling across, that takes some repetitions. I think they're going to see, especially after the film that they just laid down in Baltimore, they're mm-hmm. going to see it from the next few teams. And those reps are going to be crucial for Chris to get used to knowing where it's coming from instinctually and not having to turn and see it and have a guy blast him in the face. Yep. And that's going to be important because if he can get that stuff figured out, I think he plays very well at defensive end. I was still impressed with his pass rush snaps. And I think that he showed other times during playing against the run that he was doing fine. I just, there were certain instances where he just looked completely lost. And I hate saying that against him, but it's just the way he looked. Yeah. That's a complex run game. Good. It's a good place to start. And folks, remember, I think, I don't remember what you picked, but I picked them to lose three games this season. So there's one. That's all right. They were never going to go undefeated. It's not the end of the world. It's going to be all right. And, I'm and sure. I think I think there's also something to say about them losing this early in the season as being good, especially go, getting ready to go up against a divisional opponent next week where it, it matters a lot more. I mean, it's almost like a game and a half, not really just one game going into next week. Yeah, you're right. And I think Matt would agree. We're going to talk with him tomorrow, you guys, so be prepared for that. And uh, then we're going to roll through, getting ready for those chargers. So appreciate your time. Make sure you like, sub, and hit that bell on YouTube. Leave us uh, a note or a comment or whatever you like over at uh, iTunes. And if you would hit that five-star for us, we would appreciate it. We'll be back with you tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do tomorrow, and we hope you have a good night. We'll do